Warning. What you are about to listen to is almost lost to the bowels of the internet. After finishing my recording session, I attempted to upload this recording into my library. Only my podcast app glitched out and kicked me back to my home screen before it was finished. I went back in and couldn't find the recording, and in a moment of panic, I checked all my libraries. Come to find out, it had uploaded it. Three times, to be exact, leaving the episode about two hours long. So then I edited it the way I wanted it. And then, uh, well, I put the music in and stuff. And then then I uploaded it. So, it's fine. But, But it almost wasn't. So, beware. Hey, welcome back to Giovanni Andreoli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright, so, I got a lot to talk about today. A lot of movies to cover, a lot of announcements to cover. I'm so excited. This is going to be way more fun, way more happy episode than last time. I'm ready. Are you ready? You better be, because you clicked on this episode, and I'm expecting you to listen to it the whole way through. I'm just kidding. You can pause it if you want. Just make sure you, you know, you finish it. I like to see when it's like, your plays have gone up. They're the highest that they've been. And then my my podcasting app reminds me. They're like, hey, uh, you actually have listeners now. You should probably record another episode. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I should. You're right. Okay, so uh, the main focus of this episode is going to be Comic-Con. But real quick, before I get into all the big announcements from Hall H, I would like to talk about Family Movie Nights. So I got a request from a fan, <laughs> my girlfriend. Uh, I got a request from her to do more uh, rom-coms because that's her favorite genre of movie. So I was like, well, you know, I've only really ever seen two rom-coms. I've seen, well, wait, does 16 Candles count as a rom-com? It, it doesn't really, right? It's more of a teen comedy. I don't know. But I'm going to go with two. Um, Always Be My Maybe and Hitch. And uh, I saw Hitch like a long, long time ago. Like uh, so long ago, I don't really remember it with any degree of clarity. Except for that, um, it wasn't what I was expecting. And uh, I thought it was really funny when Will Smith kicks that girl in the head on the jet ski. I thought that was really funny. Oh, and then doesn't he like have an allergic reaction and he's sipping Tylenol or something? out of a, out of a straw, at the, I, in like Central Park maybe, I don't know, I remember those things, and then in my mind, I realized, because it was on TV the other night, uh, which made me think about it, in my mind I realized I had replaced Kevin James with John Favreau, like I thought John Favreau was, was the guy that Hitch was trying to get hitched, <laughs> um, but no, it's Kevin James, and I was like, well, this movie went down in quality by a lot, um, but, but yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's certainly a thing, but, um, you're welcome for that, um, oh, I do remember the, the opening, it's really clever with the whole, the dog thing that he does, where he, like, releases the one dog, so the other dog chases him, and then he's like, go, go, this is your moment, and the guy goes and grabs a dog, and he returns to the lady, and she's like, oh, thank you, and he's like, that's why I'm the king of cool, the fresh prince of getting people hitched, or whatever, I don't know, uh, but I remember it being funny enough, um, Always Be My Maybe is hilarious, it's fantastic, I love it so much, uh, I mean, it's weird, it's really, really weird, and it's probably not for everybody, but my favorite joke in the whole movie (laughs) Is when, uh, they are, they're in that restaurant with Keanu Reeves, and they have the beef thing, where you can listen to the sound of the animal, and Keanu Reeves is like, I'm so sorry, that made me laugh so hard, that's like the perfect dark, like, um, dark humor that I'm into, that was fantastic. Uh, and the rest of the movie was pretty good, too. It was certainly not what I was expecting based on the trailers. 
but I thought um it was pretty it was pretty emotionally resonant towards the end and uh when he walks into the clothing store with the whole new attitude thing and then and then he has to go to the more discount one that that stuff was really funny as they're gearing up for the climax and stuff and then all the stuff with them as kids that was that was great I really really liked that and then I I um the scene in the Burger King in the very beginning of the movie where they like have their first fight that was that was great too uh I thought the whole movie was generally great I mean I don't remember super well either because we watched that while we were in Toronto uh and you know being in Toronto is more what I remember of that trip rather than the Netflix rom-com that we watched but uh but yeah I liked it you know I guess I'm not sure what I was really expecting to say about these movies I don't know it's it's sort of hard to review comedies a lot of the times because I feel like there's a very specific reaction that they're trying to achieve and it's hard to like look at them objectively I mean it's hard to look at any movie objectively but there's less of a I don't know how to phrase this but there's there's less of a technical craft because comedy just sort of depends on what like sense of humor you're trying to cater to like Adam Sandler obviously caters to a very different um like different sense of humor different like types of people than um than like I don't know, Ken Jong was the first example. John Mulaney, I don't know, like like movies with them. That's very different than like the like the the weird backwoods like man child who speaks gibberish all the time that Adam Sandler, like that shtick that he's kinda worked out. Uh so it's like I don't know, they're kinda hard to review beyond saying like, Oh, wasn't that joke funny? Which I think it's it's better almost to have a movie with jokes in it if you want to talk about something like comedic because then you can like highlight oh yeah and that was really funny but then there's other parts of the movie to touch on because a lot of the stuff it's sort of just like and wasn't that part funny I mean I guess when you're like reviewing a comedy I feel like that's what it can kind of devolve into um because besides that I don't really have much to say I mean it's a pretty simple A to B plot. They fall in love, then they break up, and, like, they meet up later, and they have to, like, re-examine who they are, and then they fall in love again. Like, I mean, it basically writes itself. So then it's just down to how well, the, how well are the jokes told? Did you like them? And then, I don't know, I don't have much more to say about it beyond that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, like, harder to review just because what makes you laugh is is different depending on who you are, and, like, it's that and horror, but even, even horror, I feel like, is, is easier to review, because both of those, it's a very specific reaction they're trying to achieve, but, like, you know, you kind of grade them on a curve, like, did it make me laugh, or did it scare me, whatever, that's sort of what you're looking for, or at least that's what I look for, and, um, strangely enough, it's very hard to make me laugh. Like, a mo- movies don't make me laugh often. I laugh a ton when I'm with my friends. Like, you know, doubled over laughing. But, like, movies don't always make me laugh. And same with horror movies. Like, they they don't tend to scare me. They're, they'll unnerve me. But they don't tend to, like, frighten me. Um, but, like... But, yeah, I feel like they're they're harder to review. Because it's... It's mostly, you know, very niche. Um, I don't really know why I said all that, but uh, maybe that should be cut. Should I cut that? I mean, I don't know why I'm asking, because if I do cut it, then it doesn't really matter. Hmm. Eventually, this podcast will get good, guys. All right. Uh, so another comedy. It also involves Kevin James. We all we we've sort of been just. We've been doing some family movie nights recently, and uh, they usually rely on me to pick the movie, so I just kind of go to the comedy or, like, family section of Netflix and just be like, what would I not be angry while watching? And I just kind of pick that, and I'm like, hey, you guys want to watch Paul Blart? And they're like, okay, sure. And I was like, and we don't even have to watch the whole thing. Like, seriously, we don't. I was like, if it's funny, we can watch it. If it's not, let's just let's, let's just not... And, uh, no, I don't think it was, 
super funny. I didn't realize, I guess when I watched it when I was a child, that it was just Die Hard, but with an idiot in a mall. Um, I guess that's that's good, though. I didn't see Die Hard when I was a child. My parents were parenting. That was that was good. Good on you. I mean, don't let don't let your child watch Die Hard. But um but it was a uh, I mean, it was okay. It was perfectly serviceable. Kevin James, I just generally don't tend to like, I don't think. Um he's also got a very specific spe- very specific ah, very specific shtick. Try to say that. It's harder than you think. Um He's just not someone that usually makes me laugh, but I thought it was, like, it was interesting and creative enough. I mean, like, all the stuff, you know, how he, like, outfits and weapons and stuff out of the stuff in the mall, and I thought that was pretty fun. And uh, the stuff with his daughter and him not being able to, like, find love and being really sad about that, I was like, okay, so they were definitely trying, which is sharp contrast to the second movie in which... I don't even remember that, but as a kid, I remember being like, oh, that sucked. And when I was a child, I did not like a lot. I know you might be surprised, because you probably thought I, like, was a movie-reviewing brainiac since I was a child. Certainly was not. Didn't have a great critical capacity. Uh, I used to like Suicide Squad. Anyway, um, and that was when I was, like, 12. I was hardly a child. Don't worry about it. But I would say, if you uh, if you have a family movie night, or if you've got, like, grandparents coming over and you just want to put on some some fun background noise, just send it, man. It's, it's good enough. Now, we're on to the main event. Comic-Con. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we have to talk about Megamind first, because holy, insert swear word here, Dude, Megamind is so good. Again, no critical capacity when I was a child. I remember hating it. I was like, this is so bad. And the villain wins. And then it's just, it's so stupid. And and I didn't like it. And I don't even remember why I didn't like it. I think I just thought it was dumb. And I didn't like that the villain won or whatever. But, jeez, man. This movie is so good. Moral gray areas. I was struck by how crazily, like, I mean, it's it's certainly not Shakespeare, but, like, you know, a lot of times you don't tend to expect much out of a children's movie, which I think is whack, because if you feed your children crap when they're young, they're gonna be complacent with crap when they're older. That's a personal belief of mine. You don't have to subscribe to it, but I think it's stupid that people think, oh, it's just a kid's movie, you don't really have to try. I think, no, you have to try hardest, but whatever. Uh, this movie is... It's surprisingly well written. Like, I was, I was sort of just expecting a comedy with like you know creative twists on the superhero formula, because you know it starts out and it's sort of like the Superman story, and then you know the arch rivals since childhood, and I was thinking, okay, so I, I sort of see what they're doing here, but then eventually when it shifts, and he wins, and even I, I thought I remembered that um, Metro Man doesn't, doesn't die. I thought I remember that. And the way the skeleton gets tossed out, I was like, There's, that's just ridiculous. There's no way. And so I sort of had a sneaking suspicion that he was still alive. However, the the fact that the villain actually wins, and then it's like that thing of, well, what do you do once you have all the power? And I thought that was super interesting because you always have that cliche of like, I'll kill everyone and then I'll take over the world. And I'm like... That's a pretty stupid plan. You'll just have a lot of space, but you'll be the ruler of nothing. I mean, there's plenty of movies, like, even comedic stuff. Like, or, I mean, this isn't a movie, but, like, Last Man on Earth, where it's sort of like, well, I'm all alone, so I might as well just do stupid stuff because no one's going to stop me. That's sort of what he does here, is just, like, try to amuse himself by doing overtly evil things. But, like, no one really cares because... There's there's no there's nothing interesting going on. It's not it's not compelling to to have no one step in and try to stop him. And he even realizes that. So I think that's really cool. And I did not expect it to go that way. Um, and then the way he uses they use the it's sort of a it could have been used as like a MacGuffin in a lesser movie like. 
it could have been what everyone was after was that like watch that he uses to escape prison that can kind of transform him holographically into anyone and I think in a lesser movie it would have been but I like how it's almost an inconsequential element of this movie like they don't explain how it works they don't delve into it at all it's just something that he has and it's not a plot device it it's more just a throwaway method of him like showing how he manipulates like almost everyone in his life and I thought that was so so well done because one of the problems that I've found with movies that are (laughs) it sounded like I was just gonna say one of my problems with movies in general no but with movies that are villain centric where you're rooting for the villain they never really delve into how it's sort of messed up if they can get you to root for them. Like, there's never any moments in, like, Friday the 13th where you're like, wow, I hate all of these people and I'm rooting for the man in the hockey mask with the machete to murder them. And there's never, like, a moment where the movie asks you to reconcile that or, like, take a step back and be like, shoot, I'm rooting for the bad guy. But it became clear to me about the halfway point in Megamind that, like, He's manipulating Roxy. I think it's Roxy, right? He's manipulating the reporter. He's manipulating the uh, Titan. Like, he's trying to, you know, transform him into a hero. And then, in a, in like, sort of, he's even manipulating um, Minion. And I was like, wow, I love this guy, and so does she. And, like, they're actually forming a relationship. And I'm, like, really rooting for him. And and it's clear that he doesn't want to be the villain anymore. And I think that's really interesting. But then I'm like, wait, 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 wait. But he still took over the city. He's still, you know, he's still lying to everyone. Like, he's still doing the wrong thing. But the movie's still getting me to root for him. And then eventually they examine that. And that's a large part of his arc towards the end of the movie. And, um... And just the way that resonated with me was something I've been sort of craving since Spider-Verse because there's not really an arc payoff that I feel like I like in film more. And I might be biased, but like the moment when you see the contrast between, you know, when Miles falls in the beginning of the movie trying to do the leap of faith and you see like the, the ah as he's falling. And then in this movie or at the end of the movie, when he, he like, swings from the flagpole, and it's, like, the woo as he's going up, that gives me chills, like, every time. Just, like, the, the setup and payoff at the end of that movie is something that, like, if I were a teacher, I would teach in, in class. And I know it's a superhero movie, and it's just, you know, they're, they're, they're very big in pop culture, so it seems like almost a lazy example to just pick something that's popular. But honestly... That movie is so well written, and I really need to devote an episode to it so I can get all of those thoughts out into the world, because I feel like I mention the movie all the time, and I bet that can get annoying, uh, but it'd be really awesome to fully articulate all my feelings about it. But anyway, I've sort of been craving that sort of arc that really like compels me and like makes me feel triumphant at the end, and I think Megamind is the closest thing to that. And uh, I was really, really happy about that. And my other choice for a movie night was um, was Meet the Robinsons. That's also on Netflix. We might watch that a little down the road, and I'll probably talk about it on on an episode. But uh, but I'm really glad that I didn't pick that one because I'm sure it's good. But uh, man, Megamind was great. I was so pleasantly surprised. It was so creative. It was so well written. The characters were awesome. It was, I don't know, man, it was it was just really, really well done. So, watch it. In conclusion, definitely if you haven't, if you have Netflix, just, just check it out. Just throw it on. It's, I guarantee you, you'll love it. Alright, it's time for the big event. I have to make a mental note. 1823, I gotta time code it. Uh, Comic-Con has been a big deal for me throughout my life. Uh, I know I was so excited to get the Comic-Con trailer for Batman vs. Superman. Uh, And then I remember, like, 
having a little freak out uh, at my grandma's house because I was sort of distancing myself from everyone and anxiously awaiting. I was hoping for footage from Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, and then they were like, it just came in. There's like descriptions, descriptions, descriptions won't be released. And I was like, what? I was so, so angry. I was like, come on. And then everyone's describing it. And they're like, oh, it's so cool. It's so perfect, man. Like, I wish you guys could see it. And I was like, I wish I could too. Stop talking to me about it. Okay. Rich people going to San Diego. Uh, I remember I was being I was very angry about that, and then I remember I was so excited for the Aquaman trailer and Justice League trailer and Wonder Woman trailer, and uh, Shazam, and I think it's very very funny that all of those movies I don't really like except for Shazam. I think it's hilarious how much time I devoted to just refreshing my phone on those days. And then running around the house freaking out because, oh my god, did you see when Cyborg did the thing and then Batman came in and then there's the Flash and they're all going to team up and it's a thing. And there's no way this movie could be bad because Batman versus Superman was awesome. And then it was a pretty quick that the switch flipped and I was like, oh wow, I am an idiot and we really need to take a step back and reconsider my taste. However... There's not a lot of Marvel movies that have really flipped for me. So there's been a lot of there's been a lot of news, a lot of announcements throughout the weekend, and I've sort of been able to weed my way through to kind of just caring about the stuff I'm interested in. So that's what I'm gonna talk about. I don't care about Titans. I I Doom Patrol, that's cool. I'm glad it's coming to HBO. Um I don't have HBO, but I mean at least it's more readily available because I'm not paying for DC Universe. Anyway, because uh, Doom Patrol actually is really good. Titans is one of the worst shows I've ever watched, but uh, but Doom Patrol is is also really really fun. It's sort of it's sort of Mega Mindish actually, if I'm being honest. It's funny. It's got interesting characters. It's super quirky and you know satirical look at the genre. I really like it. I would recommend that too, but but don't pay for DC Universe. Um, it's definitely not worth it um the harley quinn trailer looked fine uh but i mean really what dominated the weekend was like um there was although i don't know if this stuff came out at comic-con or not it sort of just seemed like there was a bunch of trailers like i don't know if they revealed the jay and silent bob 3 trailer at comic-con or if that was just put online same thing with the top gun trailer the Witcher trailer, I'm pretty sure that was at Comic-Con. That, I mean, it looks interesting enough. A little overdramatic, but uh, I've never read the books or played the games, so I don't really have any point of reference for the source material, but it looked pretty good. Um, Jane Silent Bob 3, I mean, okay, have a go. I have mad respect for Kevin James. Kevin James? Kevin Smith. I have mad respect for Kevin Smith for just making the weird kind of movies he wants to make. I think that's really awesome. And uh, I hope it turns out well. I probably won't watch it. Um, Pop Gun Maverick looks surprisingly really good. Uh, I'm excited for it. I'm pretty into Tom Cruise movies. Especially now that he's sort of drifted away from that whole Scientology, jumping on Oprah's couch, all that weird stuff. I think it's it's cool that he's sort of just being like, you know what? I'm going to be the world's coolest action star, and you're going to like it. And I'm like, you know what? I do. You jumped out of a plane into Paris for my entertainment, and that's pretty whack, but I respect it, sir. Uh, so I'm excited for this movie. But then, I mean, yeah, the big announcement, it was it was really just the stuff in, in Hall H. It was really just, um, it was really just Marvel for me this year. I don't really care about Star Trek, I'm sorry, but like, I'm not super into Star Wars, so I'm definitely not super into Star Trek, um, so I'm not, I don't really care about that, the Picard trailer and everything. I feel like there was something else that I was anticipating, but, but no, it's mostly all the Marvel stuff. Um, I will say, real quick before I get into that. Sorry, it seemed like I was about to jump in, and then I kind of just tried to recap Comic-Con for you, and sort of just tell you that I wasn't super interested in it, but, um, 
But that's okay. It's important to preface this because uh, I have some... I don't know. I have a maybe interesting perspective. I'm sure some people share it, but I'm not sure if everyone does. So it's important for me to set all that up. But before I do the Marvel stuff, I did want to real quick talk about the panel that the Russos had. The directors of um, Winter Soldier, Civil War, Infinity War... Affinity War? Infinity War, my bad. And Endgame. Uh, They're doing a lot of really cool stuff soon. I think of all of those announcements... The one that got me the most excited was Cherry, um, set in Cleveland, starring Tom Holland about the opioid crisis. Um, I'm really excited about that. I love when directors have pride for cities that aren't depicted in film very often. Like, whenever I see Philly in a movie, I always get so excited because I'm like, that's like my backyard. And, I mean, New York is close, but... Philly's closer, and I sort of like it more, if I'm being honest. Uh, so it's so cool to see, like, other cities. And I don't... There's certainly not many... Um, many anythings set in Cleveland. So I'm I'm super excited about that. Uh, at a Magic the Gathering, that's cool. I played that for, like, a couple months until my mom was like, that's a devil game. Stop. And I was like, okay. And then... Uh, yeah, they had a, a few other things... Um, but, but yeah, that that all looks really cool. I'm excited to see what they do next. Uh, but, but really, all the announcements, all the logos, all the, the stuff at uh, Hall H, the Marvel Studios panel, that's definitely what got me the most hyped. So, like I said, it, I was going into it years before where I had memorized the schedule. I had done the time conversion so I knew exactly when these panels were going to start and end in my time in Pennsylvania. And um, and I was so excited. I was on the edge of my seat. I was refreshing my phone. I was running around the house. All this stuff. I was so, so excited. But this year, I barely even cared. I did not even realize Comic-Con was going on until it was like, hey, Comic-Con's going on. And I was like, what? And it's like, and the Marvel panel's tomorrow, so stay tuned. And I was like, okay, if you say so, it sounds good to me. And, but then I was figuring like, well, they're probably only going to show footage from Black Widow and there's no way they're going to release that to the public because they never do when it's like a, when it's like a couple minutes of footage, like basically whatever they could scramble together. Um, but, uh, I was like, okay, I mean, maybe it'll be interesting, but I think like, I was sort of feeling a little burnt out. I was like, I mean, I'm certainly excited for stuff, but, like, after not really liking Captain Marvel, after loving Endgame, but sort of feeling exhausted by it, uh, and then after you know how much I hated Spider-Man, uh, I was sort of, like, a little out of it. And then the re- the reveals started coming in, and I was like... Actually, I'm super into this again. So, I'm going to go through all of them. I'm going to try not to miss any. They they said at Comic-Con this was going to be the full extent of Phase 4. And, uh, which I was a little disappointed about because my favorite announcement was by far Blade. Uh, Mahershala Ali is so good in everything. And he was so effortlessly cool when he walked out and put on the hat and everything that I was like, this is going to rock. When's this movie coming out? And I was like, phase five. We don't have a director. We don't have a release date. But we were just like, hey, look, it's Blade now. And I was like, really? Like, this is by far the thing I was most excited for. Because before I went to I went to bed, I was just scrolling through like the Marvel Instagram and I saw like Eternals, Shang-Chi, uh, Thor, all this stuff, and I know out of all of that, what I was most excited for was Thor, and in the morning, part of my morning routine is just checking, uh, news, YouTube, Instagram, texts, whatever, emails, I don't get many, but sometimes I do, and, uh, and I went on Instagram, and, like, the first thing at the top of the page was Blade, starring Mahershala Ali, and I was like, my jaw just, like, dropped, and I sort of just stared at it for a little while, and I was like, move out of the way, Thor, uh, Blade, seriously, we're going at this again, 
and that was definitely that took the cake from this weekend but then I was a little disappointed to know it's not coming out for I mean at least until 2022 I'd assume I think it's interesting that of all the phases this one is almost predominantly predicated on tv shows I think that's a really interesting approach seeing as the MCU basically is one big tv show um but I don't know how I feel about it because I'm certainly glad to not have like the the movie theater be oversaturated with Marvel movies but at the same time I don't want to get Disney plus like I really don't want to get Disney plus and I feel like if this stuff is going to be not like the Netflix shows where it's I mean they reference the movies vaguely but the the movies never reference them same with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., same with Agent Carter. Like, if you don't watch those, you're sort of fine. But this is sort of more commercial and almost demands you to buy their new service because it seems like if you don't, you'll be missing a pretty large chunk of the story. And I think that's that's kind of crappy. Like, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't f- feel like... I personally, there's not enough in it for me that I would want to pay for Disney+. And I'm certainly not going to try to convince my parents to be like, Hey, guys, we got Netflix. Who needs Netflix? I think I know what we need. We need Disney+. And I don't know if that's really going to fly. Because, I mean, certainly it'll be cool to have all of Marvel and Disney and Star Wars. And National Geographic, too. I think all of that stuff all compiled into one place. But, like, realistically... I'm not interested enough in Disney movies outside of watching them, like, on on dates to really... Like, I wouldn't, on my own, say, like, today, like, uh, I'm home alone, I got nothing really, no really, like, big responsibilities. I can sort of just do whatever I want. Like, I'm not gonna be like, oh, it's time to pop in Mulan. Like, mm, that's sort of something for me and, um, me and my girl on, like, a date. Like, you know, that's not really a... I don't know, that's not something I would want. And then, like, okay, well, Marvel. Well, I already have almost every Marvel movie. And then it's like, okay, well, Star Wars. Well, I have every Star Wars movie, except for Solo, because it sucks. Uh, and I don't even watch them. And, and, like, I have them. And, I mean, to be honest, I don't watch most of the Marvel movies, again, unless I'm with a friend. I usually don't watch movies, honestly, unless there's something weird on Netflix that I want to watch. So... I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't watch movies alone. Obviously, this whole show is basically about movies. But um, I usually watch them, like, with friends and stuff. That, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I I don't think that... I'm sure it's going to be a lot a month. I'm not sure if that's worth it. But then again, I'm still going to be missing out on a lot of the... A lot of the story. And I'm, and I'm going to... I mean, I'll probably pirate some of it. I'm not above saying that. But, like... I don't know, that's that's just a lot of work and stuff like I don't want to do. I just I just rather go see another Captain America movie. Or, I mean, Falcon and Winter Soldier, whatever. But, like, I'd rather go see that movie than have to watch that TV show. Like, I don't know. I don't know how other people feel about it. But I just, just think it's interesting that there's not even... There's not even that many movies. I think it's, it's either an even split or there might be more TV shows. But, uh... I don't know, enough jibba-jabba, let's actually get into it. So, I I think, yeah, most excited about Blade, but I think next to that, I'm still really, really excited for Thor. I mean, certainly the uh, Natalie Portman coming in as Lady Thor, that was very surprising, and I'm not sure how I feel about that. Uh, I think it was very interesting that, like, one of the main publicity photos they released of her was her holding the hammer with the biggest grimace on her face. Like, oh, no, I didn't realize what I signed up for until just now. (laughs) Like, that kind of look. And I was like, oh, God. Like, I mean, she was definitely, not necessarily her, it's not her fault, but Earth, was the worst part of the Thor movies. And the second they ditched that and spent the whole movie doing wacky space stuff, it was the best one by far. Like, I would... I, I don't know how anyone could argue that the either of the first two Thors are better than, than Ragnarok. 
it's certainly not perfect, but it's definitely the best one. And uh, easily, like it's easily the best one. So I don't, the decision to go back to Earth, get his girlfriend again, and I mean, I get, they'll probably not be dating, I would assume, in this next one. Uh, maybe a more contentious relationship, I'm not totally sure. But the decision to do that, I'm not totally, I'm not sure if I'm on board for it. Especially because I think it'd be way more interesting to do an Asgardians of the Galaxy type of thing. And, like, maybe have a war on two fronts where, like, um, Valkyrie is guarding new Asgard. (laughs) Guarding Asgard. Okay. And then the Asgardians of the Galaxy are in space fighting space stuff. Like, that would be way more interesting to me. So I was... This is certainly a different direction than I would have envisioned leaving Endgame. But we'll see how it how it turns out. I'm not ready to write it off yet. I'm just, I'm certainly surprised. But Taika Waititi is back. So, I mean, I don't know. That, that, that's good. He's, he might be the X factor to all of this. So we'll see how it, how it all shakes out. Uh, I'm excited for Shang-Chi. I am definitely interested that it is, uh, it has to do with the Ten Rings and they cast the Mandarin. So that'll certainly be awesome. Maybe we could stop getting, stop, like, the whole complaint about, I mean, three sucks because Mandarin isn't the real Mandarin. Okay, I don't care. I disagree with you, but whatever. But but now, hopefully, we can put all that to rest. And uh, I'm I'm excited to, to see maybe how it ties into Iron Man. Um... What else? What else? Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness? That sounds pretty awesome. I I love that a lot of these titles, like Love and Thunder and The Legend of the Ten Rings, uh, Multiverse of Madness, like all that kind of stuff, those could be comic titles. And I really like that. I think that's that goes a long way in like preserving the comic, comic bookiness of these movies. So I really like that it's not just something boring like Shang-Chi or Doctor Strange 2 or Thor 4 or The 4 or whatever. I don't know. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm glad that the titles are super interesting. Uh, What else? What else? What else? What else? Black Widow. Not a lot to say about that. It's going to be a spy movie with probably Taskmaster, maybe Iron Maiden. It seems like those seem to be the prevailing fan theories. The The footage sounded pretty cool. Uh, I hope it all turns out well. I'm excited, certainly, but, I mean, we knew that was coming. Same with Eternals. Uh, I know a lot of those casting rumors weren't confirmed, but I think it's cool to have them confirmed, and the cast looks really, really awesome. But I, I you know, sort of know what that's going to be, but I'm excited for some more cosmic Marvel. I think that's some of the best stuff Marvel's done. So I'm excited to see more of it. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Hawkeye TV show. Uh, I've been clamoring for this for a while. Uh, Matt Fraction's run on Hawkeye was really, really well done. And it's very interesting. And it seems like just based on the logo alone, they're probably drawing from that. It could certainly be that, like, that's just the logo for Hawkeye. Like, he doesn't really have another logo. There's, like, that purple one with the arrow through it. But, like, in terms of iconic Hawkeye logos, that's kind of the one, the Matt Fraction one. But I would bet, especially if they're introducing Kate Bishop, that it's going to be drawing heavy influence from uh, from the Matt Fraction run, which is pretty cool. That's sort of like a, gro- a globe-trotting adventure, deals with a lot of interesting, like, jobs that he has to do, and he's got a partner, which is interesting, and uh, the art's really good, which obviously doesn't carry over into live action, but... I guess I'm sort of just recommending that series. But I think one of the best things that they do is sort of keep it grounded with uh, some a lot of real-world elements to kind of be juxtaposed to the more fantastical story. Like the, the grill-out... No, cookout, that's what that's called. The cookout on the roof with all his neighbors in one of the first couple issues. That's so cool. That's one of my favorite moments from that series. And uh, I think... Based on what they did with him in Endgame and the emotions they tapped into with him, I'm assuming that they'll probably preserve that element of the series, which I'm excited for. I'm hoping that this turns out 
well. And I, I think it will, because Hawkeye has never been more interesting than he was in the last couple of movies, so I'm hoping that continues. Oh, what else? What else? Loki? Don't care. This is definitely, of all the announcements, what I am least excited for. I would just be so much more happy if they would just leave Loki alone, for the love of God. I don't care anymore. Like, he's run his course, and he's dead. He's dead. Just leave it alone. I know it's an alternate branch of the timeline where he escapes with the Tesseract, and I guess he's really angry because the last thing he remembers is being hit by the Hulk, but I just don't care. Like, I don't know. I'm I'm kind of done with the character. I'm kind of over it, but... uh. But whatever, we'll see how it goes. It might be really cool, but uh, I'm not holding my breath. WandaVision, still a terrible title. I'm not sure why they didn't change that, but I'm certainly anticipating it. I think that's also like Cosmic Marvel. I could get into that. I would love to see a version of House of M, but I think that'd be a little more down the road once they've introduced the mutants into the Marvel Universe, which they did talk about. They didn't do any announcements, about the X-Men or the Fantastic Four, like, no release dates, no casting choices or whatever, which, which is fine, I didn't think that they would, but, uh, they, Kevin Feige did, he did have some, some offhand comments about, he wants to get the Fantastic Four right and blah blah blah, you know, pretty standard stuff, but he did also say that they have already planned out all of Phase 4 and 5, and he knows what the next big event will be. I would hazard a guess that has something to do with the X-Men and Fantastic Four. Maybe even vampires, because if you really think about it, there's a little more to Blade than just introducing a badass sword-carrying daywalker. Like, you also have to introduce, by extension, the vampire universe of, of Marvel, like the Marvel vampires. And so, I mean, I would guess... They're going to do the interpretation from the comics where they've been, like, banished to another dimension and then they come back. It sort of seems like what they're going to be doing with the Eternals where, like, they were there, they're gone, and now they're back. And some of them, they said, I think, they're drawing heavily from the Neil Gaiman stuff, which that's sort of the interpretation they take. They come back and then, like, some of them don't know they're Eternals and it's quirky, it's interesting. Uh, So they'll probably be drawing from that. So I would assume... Because otherwise it doesn't really make sense. Like, there wasn't a super good explanation for why the sorcerers weren't more involved in the MCU prior to Doctor Strange. I mean, obviously they just they just didn't plan for it. That's the answer. But it's still, in terms of the continuity, it's like, well, where were you? Like, what were you doing? And then Endgame does kind of show you, like, no, they were there. They are helping out in their own way, just kind of keeping to themselves more, defending the Sanctum. But, uh... But every time they introduce a new element to the MCU, inherently there comes questions of like, why wasn't that there the whole time? So I think what they're gonna do with the with the mutants and with the uh, the vampires and the Eternals, all three of those big groups, it's probably just gonna be like, they were there, and now they're gone, and then now they're coming back. That's what I would assume. Uh, however, I would say. I know this doesn't really have much to do with the actual announcements. I have a theory. I think it'd be really interesting if something happened with the with the snap or the blip, either one. But like it did something to genetically alter some of the people who came back or something like being exposed to that radiation or whatever or like whatever magic brought them back like it has something to do it had certain effects on some of them sort of maybe mixing like inhumans with mutants like it needed a certain power to to wake it up like to bring out the the power that was hiding inside of you and then these people come back and all of a sudden they have powers and they don't know what to do and then that inspires Charles Xavier to sort of step in and Hello, I can foster your talents and turn you into a mutant super team. I would I would bet that something to do with with that I'm thinking is probably how you introduce uh you introduce mutants cuz that's certainly a daunting task. I'm not sure how you do that, but 
But yeah, I think it's cool, though. As, if, as long as they keep a handle on it, I feel like they can add pretty much as many things as they want to the, to the MCU. Uh, Miss Marvel was, or Captain Marvel was kind of clumsy with how they did it, like, why she wasn't there. Like, it's sort of just, eh, don't think about it. She was in space, don't worry. But, um, but I think that they've done a pretty good job. And with the Fantastic Four, X-Men, and Vampires... They've pretty much introduced everyone, like, every major group into the MCU. Well, obviously, they haven't introduced the X-Men Fantastic Four yet. But it's clear that they will, is kind of what I'm saying. So, I think that'll be really cool to see, because aside from the Inhumans, that's that's pretty much the whole universe. Like, the, the Marvel comic universe, it's basically all here, and that's really, really awesome. And I think as long as they keep a handle on it... And it seems like they do, and will. It's going to be pretty awesome. Uh, A few more things I have to wrap up with. Uh, What If? I am super excited for that first animated Marvel show. Uh, Like, everyone who's ever been in a Marvel movie is going to be a voice talent for it. And I'm excited to see some wacky Marvel adventures. Uh, What If? is a really interesting concept, and... I am super excited to see how it plays out. I think animation is one of the only markets that Marvel Studios hasn't cornered yet. So it would be cool to see their take on it. And I'm hoping it it all turns out really well. Uh, I think before this I was talking about WandaVision. And I was like, hey, House of M. Hey, by the way, mutants, vampires, X-Men, Fantastic Four, you know all this stuff? Here's some theories that I have. Let me get you totally sidetracked. But uh, I'd like to bring it back real quick. I think WandaVision sounds really cool. I would would say there's a strong chance they'll probably draw some stuff from... uh, from the Tom King run on Vision, because that's the only run on Vision that, like, anyone ever knows. So I'm excited to see... Some of that probably incorporated, and I'm excited to see more of Scarlet Witch. I think she's gotten to be a much cooler character recently. Um, oh, I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, I think that's it. I hope I'm not being an idiot. But I'm pretty sure that's everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Captain America, or no, shoot, I keep thinking it's Captain America and the Falcon or whatever, but the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that is the other TV show that's going to be launching on Disney Plus, and uh, I'm interested in that too, that's going to be probably pretty cool, I think it'd be way more interesting if Bucky was the Winter Soldier, because they've, or he is the Winter Soldier, if Bucky was Captain America, because they've really been setting that up for all of the movies, and it seems like that's the logical next step. I mean, he has superpowers, and uh, and they're just the drama that could be set up of having um, like a mass murderer now being the face of the Avengers and like the superhero that above all others represents America, and he used to be an enemy of the state. I mean. That's a little more interesting than just some random guy that Cap met in DC who happened to be, you know, housing a superhero-like costume. But I'm still excited to see it either way, and I think it, it'll turn out uh, pretty well because Captain America is, and like his extended uh, roster of characters, that's like been almost, I mean, aside from Iron Man probably, the best part of the MCU, I think. So I'm excited to see it continue in a in an interesting and a new way. Oh, and Baron Zemo is going to be in it. Purple mask and everything. That I'm excited for. That I'm really, really excited for. Oh, huh. all right. Well, I think I've put in more than my two cents about all this stuff. I hope this episode was a little more focused. I know I still got off on a tangent. I think that's sort of inevitable. Maybe I should rename this show. Giovanni goes on tangents. Blah. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But I hope you enjoy this episode, certainly. Uh, and I thank you guys for the feedback to the last one. That was really encouraging. And I'm glad that you uh, you listened and liked it. 
Uh, if you have any thoughts about Comic-Con, please let me know. You can hit me up on Instagram at GiovannaAndreoli21, or you can email me at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. And then that about wraps it up. If you like this show and uh, you want to see more, like, subscribe, leave a review. Um, that'd be really awesome. That would help the the word about the show get out. And uh, certainly recommend it if you have friends you think would be interested I'd love to grow more of a following uh, and, and get this out to more people because I'm, I'm a little bit proud of it, just a little bit, but certainly has room to grow, but I'm I'm excited to be putting it out there. So, yeah, if you guys could do that, that'd be super, super helpful. Uh, yeah, no other really big announcements. I'm just happy to sit on this mic and talk to you about some stuff, so. All right, I think that's about all I have to say for now. I will see you in the next one. When? Haha, <laughs> just kidding. I do have a big announcement. I totally forgot. Tomorrow, I am going to Philly to see the Marvel exhibit and like that future car exhibit thing that they have. I don't know where it's like now, now and then or something like that. Um, and then we're going to get dinner and stuff because vegan cheesesteaks. What? And vegan cheesesteaks, by the way, are so good. I mean, I can't compare them to a real one. God, I love Philly. And then August 1st, well, after after this episode, uh, the next episode will most likely be August 2nd or 3rd, uh, so a little over a week from today, because August 1st, I'm so excited, I can barely contain it. I'm going up to New York to the downtown branch of Midtown Comics to meet freaking Brian K. Vaughan and Cliff Chiang Chang, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but uh, so the artist and writer of Paper Girls, um, the series is about to wrap up. It's gonna end at issue thirty. I'm currently recording on the last couple of issues, uh, and I am so excited. I keep going over what I'm gonna say, and then like keep weighing like, ah, oh, what comics do I want signed? I'm so excited. It's going to be a long line. It's going to be a long day, but it's going to be totally worth it because Brian K. Vaughan is awesome, man. And his stuff is awesome. And I, I love it so much. I'm so excited. I cannot believe that. It's only the second second celebrity I've ever met. The other one was Charles Barkley, in case you were wondering. I mean, it's no big deal. I, I mean, if you want a picture, I can send it to you. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, those are going to be... Uh, those are going to be the, the next big things uh, that I'm going to talk about. So, yeah, get excited. Go to see the Marvel exhibit or something if you want. I don't know, so you have a point of reference. And then, uh, yeah, Brian K. Vaughn. Going to meet him. Going to get some stuff signed. It's going to be awesome. All right, thanks for listening. Do all that stuff I said before. And uh, and you know what? I just want you to know I love you. I, lo- I lo- Thank you for listening. And uh, I'll see you in the next one.